stay ready Amen. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, be able like the eagle to soar above the storm not let the storm put you down in the barnyard yeah. with the chickens <clears throat> all right Shouldn't have, and it got them. 
I don't want to do that. I'm going to keep on the fire line and win. Amen.
So I'm, uh, well, how can I say that? People talk on radio. <laughs> Secular, you know. They were, they were just talking about the, the, the culture, 268. And how that we have all these uh, cyber attacks, whether it be internal, external, whatever internal, Russian, China, whatever. And then they get on down talking about how our culture has been so changed through information foreign, domestic, and how the, the war that we're in is, is really greater than, in a sense, greater than the Third World War. Or really, they, they kind of call it that, the Third World War. We don't have to get in whatever they get in in the military and go across, you know, somewhere over yonder. It has come home to us. Right into our personal space. We have been invaded by information war. Yeah. Because all of that stuff coming to us, invading us, will change our mind and persuade us that might be the way to do it. Because everybody else will go, I think, go in there and they are prospering. What's the word of God say? Right. How well do we know the Bible? Yeah. How, how, how sold, how persuaded are we? Was that Brother Chad preached? Fully persuaded. Yeah. I want to be like the one that told Paul, oh, you almost persuaded me right. to be a Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to stand before the Lord almost persuaded. Yeah, yeah I know where that will take me. I want to stay true to the battle and know how to fight the, the wiles of the devil, the strategy of the devil. Amen. I'm on the battlefield for the Lord.
sing one more, I believe. Praise God. We ain't quite. Yeah. We got where we need to go, I don't think. Uh, what's, what's the one y'all were singing on the street and had, had it all here in yonder? The theme song you like so much. I ever shout? Yeah. Page 130. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to practice it again. <laughs> this is just an observation that sometimes I don't know if I'm just that antique. But when a person comes to the Lord. I know that every conversion cannot be exactly right. It is impossible. But when a person comes to know the Lord, they are transformed. And they go from death to life. From darkness to light. And that is a change. So, if you have been changed, let's sing like you never shall forget that change. I know the person wrote this song back in 1937, long years ago, you know, and it was just so different then, but uh, the message is still fresh. Yes, yes. Amen. Yes. We will be happy, glad, and free. Is that the way we live every yeah. day? <laughs> All right.
to pray. Thank the Lord for your Pray for our uh, church. Pray for uh, not the building. I mean the building, you know. It's a building. It's just stuff. I'm saying people. Right. And especially the younger ones. Because you younger ones, I look at you sometimes and I wonder what's going on. You're forming your opinions and your thoughts and your desires concerning church right now. And uh, it's extremely important that you get it done early 
and, and fervent because uh, it's, it's just the way it needs to be done. Because <laughs> if you don't, something else will leak in there and take its place. And you've got to be strong. got to be violent enough that your desire for the Lord will overcome other desires. Because right. oh, they yes. will come. They will come. They will come like a flood. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Yes. He'll drive the enemy out like a flood. What does the Scripture say? <laughs> Why it's so important to know the Word. Yes. Amen. It'll come back to you whenever you need it. Holy Ghost will bring it. Help hold you up. Keep you from falling. And if you fall, he'll help pick you up. Yes. Amen. So let's remember these requests and ask the Lord to help us and these needs tonight. Find our place to pray.
tell you, it's important to have Okay, we'll try this again. Anyway, it's important for you to have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you can know if it's there. Huh? You can. How? His Spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. And so we need to make sure. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. You may think, oh, it's a hard thing to get. No, it's not a hard thing. No, it's the devil that makes it sound like it's so hard. And it's the devil that a lot of times casts doubt in your mind. The Lord wants you to come. He says, come unto me. Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. And uh, so if we'll come, the Lord will help. He will help us. And so I do appreciate the Lord. And so good seeing all of you here again. Wow. Things have changed. 2021 is as different as 2020. Is as different as uh, 2019. It's different. But you know what? Our God is the same. Woo! He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I appreciate the Lord about that. Because uh, politicians, you know they change from election to election. Uh, Laws change. Uh, Styles change. But our God never changes. You can count on Him. And so we're going to come to you here tonight for uh, the offering. Priest, if you would uh, get us a song here. And um, then, um, let's see here. Brother Robert, if you'll come receive our offering tonight. All right. Thank the Lord. got to make sure we stick with the basics. Huh? The basics of the gospel. Amen. We don't need to travel too far away from the cross, though we need to constantly be drawn closer to Him, but we're always going to be within shadow of the cross. And so I, you know, um, there's just a lot of turmoil in the church world in America today, just as there's been a lot of turmoil in, uh, in the churches all across the world. But in America, I would like to think that we're still a little closer to, and I'm not talking about a denomination, but I, I like to think that we're still closer to the apostolic way. Apostolic way does not mean oneness. Apostolic is the words used for the disciples. 
the apostles, the uh, original walk that they had. And that's what we need to be desiring, is that kind of walk. And so I appreciate the Lord, but if we'll stick with the Word of God, it'll bind us together. It'll bind other Christians together. It's when we start leaving from what thus saith the Lord is into these other things. We don't need to go there. We just need to stick with the Word of God. So I appreciate the Lord. And uh, just a few minutes, Lord willing. You all right? Okay. Uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to ask Brother Todd to come preach for us. So. All right.
Hallelujah. We have Christ. We do. We have everything. All right. We're going to turn this over to Brother Todd. We appreciate him. And uh, looking forward to what the Lord's got for us here tonight. Come on, Brother Todd. How about the, how about the, the, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost? Just incredible, incredible, incredible. These past two services have just been amazing. Amazing. I was up here and I was just feeling the power of God. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to shout or scream or take off, so I did all of it. But when I got back there, I noticed I wasn't feeling it as good back there in that corner. I came on back up here and there it was again. It was amazing. Praise God. Whew. I don't even know what to say sometimes. God is so good. Man. I, um, I was um, uh, flipping through the mugshots for Bullet County. Yeah. Uh, and um, I had, I mean, I knew I had an idea because I used to be in the in that same scene and everything. But if there's if there's 200 mug shots in Bullitt County Jail right now, I'm not exaggerating. 80 of them's meth, yeah. and it's just man, talk about a, an epidemic, a pandemic, whatever you want to call it. It is just insane and out of control in Bullitt yeah. County. And I just think about, I just think about their lives and where they're at and where I, I remember where I was. And just that next step for them. What's that next step? Because that next step for me was bad. But what's that next step for them? And I, man, I, I so badly want to get in there. And I have an opportunity to might be able to get in there. But it's just two, one of uh, Ian's friends, um, his mama and his daddy, both got locked, mama and daddy, both got locked up the same night from men. And the little boy goes to the school. I said, where is he? And, and Ian said, that's not even the first time. I worked with this guy when I was 16. His name was Cornbread. And uh, I said, where does he go whenever, you know, his mom and dad's locked up? Cousins, grandmas, wherever he can go. I'm just thinking, that's, I mean, that's, that's how I was. It was just, it, it actually brought me down a little bit. But I don't want to bring us down. I want to bring us up. I, um, I've been praying uh, for a week um, and just different thoughts have crossed my mind. And uh, just really wanting to, to hear from God for, for my sermons. I, I, there's plenty I could come up with. There's plenty I could say. I've read the Bible enough to be able to do that. But I want to be able to say what God would have to say. And um, once again, I do love being out on the streets and preaching to the lost. That I believe is where I've been, I've been called to do. But I love being in God's house with God's people who want to be here. Nobody was forced to come here, was you? Except for maybe a couple of kids. Everybody else, right? You chose to come here. You want to come here. You want to be in God's house. I want to be here too. And I want uh, to be able to say something that, uh, that is uplifting. Uh, it's kind of different praying. Uh, it's, it's like a sermon. And then halfway through, it just kind of changes gears and goes a complete different way. But I prayed about it, and this is, it is what it is. Uh, so if everyone could, please stand. We're going to uh, read in the book of Hebrews. There's a little joke I heard. It's how does Moses make his coffee? Hebrews. Sorry, I apologize for that. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 13. Let's give them your pages. That's some slow pages. Got it? Say amen. amen. Praise God. That's enough of you. Hebrews 13. I'm going to read one verse. I'm going to read it slowly and I'll probably read it again. It says, Obey them 
that have rule over you. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. And they that must give an account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable unto you. One more time, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. And they must give an account. They must give account. I added a letter in there. They must give account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable unto you. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord, and we thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for us. God, you are so good to us, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for this chance here, God, for this opportunity for us to be able to come together to hear from you, God, to worship you, to feel your presence and your spirit. God, I ask you to help us here today, God. Help us to be anointed, Lord. Help our our voices and our hearts, our minds to be anointed, God, that we may hear what comes forth, Jesus. God, we love You so much, Lord. And we could could never ever thank You or repay You for all that You've done for us, for that cross in Your blood, Jesus. God, just help us here in the rest of the service, Lord. And I pray for the altar service as well, God. Help us here, Jesus. We pray it in Your righteous and holy name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can be seated, please. Thank you. When a, um, (laughs) when a, uh, a Bible verse starts with obey... That is uh, not a suggestion. That is something that we must do. It's saying obey, right? The, the very first, the ver- very first word there. Not a suggestion. That is a, a commandment. I take it when he says obey. So whenever, uh, whenever I, I looked, I looked a lot of words up just in this one verse, and I learned, I learned a thing or two today. I, actually, it's great uh, to study. You read the Bible. And um, you, can, you can take it for what it means, and you can study the Bible, and you can learn what it actually means. I figured that out. So there's a lot of things, there's a lot of words that we would use um, that the Bible would use differently. And um, we, we need, we must study those words out so we can figure out what the Bible is telling us to obey and telling us to do. So that word obey, this is, this is no secret. The word obey means to agree with. To believe in, to ha- and this is coming from the Strong's Dictionary. That's mainly where I get my words out from out of here. Um, to agree with, um, to have confidence in, to trust in, to yield to, and to submit to. So you could say, um, you could say, uh, agree with them that have rule over you. You could say, um, have confidence in them that have rule over you. Trust in them that have rule over you. Yield to them which have rule over you, and obviously submit to them which have rule over you. To them that have rule over you. Now the Lord Jesus Christ tells uh, John in the book of Revelations to the angel of the church, write these things. That's what he tells. To the angel of the church, write these things. Now the angel of the church by implications means pastor, right? Brother Jeff is the angel of this church. He is the angel here. He is the pastor. He is the ruler of this church. I know other places in the Bible tells us to submit to governors and authorities and stuff like that, but this is talking about the angel of the church. This is talking about our ruler, those who have watch over our souls. What a scary job, right? Man, I started thinking about that. And I started thinking about what those guys on the streets call me. They call me pastor. I'm no pastor. I'm not your pastor, Brother Jeff is, but that's what they call me out there. And I started thinking about, you know, their souls. Um, To the angel of the church, right? The pastor. Submit yourself, right? We are submitting ourselves. It is a choice that we make to a commandment that we have from God, right? We have to make the the choice to submit ourselves unto the ruler 
of this church. And, uh, and uh, I'm going to get into it a little bit, but like I said, in a minute, it's going it's to shift and change gears. And when it does, I apologize. I think the, the last half of the sermon is better than the first half, but this is what God gave me. So um, submit yourselves, right? So we know this is something that you have to do yourself. You have to submit yourself, right? We know that God's not going to make you love Him. Brother Jeff's not going to make you love Him or submit to Him. God's not going to make you submit to Him. It's something that we have to do within ourselves. So will you be obedient? Will you obey? Will you submit? That word submit, it says it's the act of or the fact of accepting or yielding to another person or to do the will of another person. That's hard to do, especially if you're a, a grown man, right? That's hard to do to accept the fact that I have to listen and do other things, right, in which another man tells me to do. That's, that's hard to do. Um, but, uh, but when you're saved, it really shouldn't be. It is to them, um, so it is to them that has been given a task or a job. To watch after your soul, right? That is his task. That is his job, right? And not just his, and in a minute I'll get into that. That is what he's, he's been called to do, right? To watch after your souls, right? Would you want to watch after my soul? I wouldn't want to watch after some of your souls. You wouldn't watch over my soul, right? That is a, a difficult job that God has gave him to do, right? Um, and it says this. It says that they will give an account. Uh, so that's the word that kind of tricked me up a little bit. And... Um, so what I figured out this word means that he will give an account. So as I study it out and I try to learn what this means. So basically he's going to give a report, um, a description of the experience that he had watching after your soul. Right. Not only will there be an accountability on his part, which there will, but he's going to give a report. Right. On his experience at watching after me, after my soul, he's going to give that account to them at watching after my soul. Now, the Bible says that um, the Bible says that they may get, that they may give an account. Right. That description of watching over your soul with joy. Right. And not grief with joy and not grief. So how's it going to be? With you, how's it going to be with you when, when Brother Jeff, right? Is he going to be joyous, right? When he's given this account for the times that he's watched over your soul, is he going to be joyous? Is he going to be happy about that? Is he going to be able to say great things? Is he going to be able to say he was obedient to me? He was obedient to the word. He did great things for the church. Or is he going to be grievous? Is he going to say, ah, ah, that one, right? Not to be grieved, right? To be joyous will he be happy and joyous on your account after he has watched out for your soul will be he will he be able to tell his experience of watching out with you with joy right the joy of the lord or grief are you making it easy on him are you making it harder on him right because he's the one who's going to give the account right he has to that's what the bible says so are you yourself making it easy on him to give the account for your soul or are you making it harder for him right are you making him grieve if the Bible tells us to obey, right, the very first word, to obey, and if you do not obey, right, now you're going against the commandments of God, and we know that that is sin, and we know that you cannot go to heaven, right, if you don't follow after this particular verse and this commandment to obey, right, those who have been set over to rule over you. So if you are not submitted, all right, if you're, if you're not in obedience to the pastor, to the angel of the church, you're in disobedience. You cannot go to heaven. <laughs> That's on Brother Jeff. The Bible tells us if we do not do the things in which the Bible tells us to do, that becomes sin to us. Sin. 
right? And I believe and I know that will keep you out of heaven. Before I got saved, it was, it was like I said, before I got saved, there was no submitting to anybody. I thought it was whoever was the meanest, whoever was the baddest, right? That person should be in charge. That, like, why am I listening to these guys, right? I could just, whatever, whatever, whatever. I could smash these people right now. Why would I listen to him? Makes no sense, right? I'm way meaner than this guy. He can't tell me what to do, right? But when you get saved, right, God takes that old man and makes you a new person. Um, and, and I thank God for that, that I'm not that same mean, hateful, ignorant person. Uh, but, uh, but when I got saved, uh, when I got saved, it was, uh, it was obviously everybody knows my, my salvation and, and I'm thankful for it. And just, whoo. Um, but I remember sitting in a, a, a worldly church uh, with the, the rock music and all that. And it was not my idea to ever come back to a holiness church. I didn't want to come back to the crazy people running the aisles and speaking in tongues. I didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do it. But as I was sitting in that church, you know, I, I knew that I was saved. I knew something crazy and, and, and drastic happened to me. And I knew that this new voice that I was hearing was none other than the very voice of God. There was no telling me any, any otherwise. So I knew that anything that He said to me, I'm going to obey. I'm going to do exactly what He said, right? And that was the very next day, right? He started telling me things to do, and I knew it was the voice of God. So I started being obedient. While sitting in that church, I remember the Lord Himself telling me, you got to go to Landmark Holiness Church. Whoo, I didn't want to go to Landmark Holiness Church, right? These guys are cool. they got tattoos, or playing rock music, and it's, it's, it was fun, right? But... You know, you know how that goes. At the very same time, Bridget was there. Bridget liked this church. Bridget had friends at this church. Um, the pastor was, she would listen to the pastor on, uh, on Facebook, whatever it was. And that would be the only way that she could get to sleep at night was just by listening to him preach, right? Because she was being tormented. This was right before she got saved. And so she liked the church. She liked the pastor. Our neighbors went there. It was, it was a good feeling. You could drink coffee and eat donuts during the service, right? We wanted to be there. We liked it. But God was telling us to go to Landmark Holiness Church, right? Now she was born or raised up in a holiness church. And I don't think it was of her idea to go back to a holiness church either. Uh, we, we live different lives than holiness people, obviously. We got saved, but we were not holiness yet. But the Lord was telling us, both of us, to go to Landmark Holiness Church. And I told Bridget, I said, Bridget, I know you like it here, but we got to go to Landmark. And she was like, the Lord's been telling me that too this whole time. So we called Brother Jeff. He was like, hey, we want to get baptized and we want to come to church. And he's like, all right, come on. And here we are. Um, but uh, the, uh, the obedience right to Christ is, is, is necessary um, for, us, uh, to, for us to be saved, for us to be sanctified, right? for us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And not only that, but it just goes, it goes so much deeper and deeper. The deeper you go, right, the more obedience is required. It, it, it's, it's amazing and wonderful how Jesus can help you along these ways, right? You start out, you know, with, with the Similac, and then eventually you should be eating steak and, uh, and growing with Christ. And, and He helps you to be obedient as, as long as you go. So the Lord told us to come to Landmark Holiness Church. Now, I know the Lord puts us in places. He puts us um, in, in situations. He puts us in storms. 
He puts us wherever He needs us to be in that moment for a reason, right? So He had reasons for me to be at Landmark Holiness Church. And I'm, I'm slowly figuring out what some of them are. Um, he has reasons for you to be where you are. He has reasons, Robert, for you to be where you are. There's reasons for this. There's reasons for everywhere that you're at right now. You may not know what they are, but God's got reasons for them, right? I was put here because I needed polishing, as Brother Jeff called it. Remember? Polishing, right? I needed that polishing. Um, and, and when I, I remember the very first time I met uh, Brother Randy Webb, he's like, you're a diamond. In the rough. And I needed, right, to be polished. I wasn't, I wasn't where I was supposed to be. He, I just got saved when he met me. And, um, so, and, and, and you know, I think will we continue to be rough or we will allow the Lord to polish us up, right? To be polished and, and not tarnished. Um, if, if we, if we, when we get saved, it is imperative. We have to be polished. We can't, once we get saved, we can't remain in that state, in that condition, and expect to make it any amount of time without God dealing with you to do certain things, to do this, to do that. You have to be obedient, right? That's Him polishing you up. Now, Brother Jeff polishes us up, up, us up as well, but it's a lot easier to listen to the Lord. It's a lot easier to hear His voice and to think, man, that's, the, that's God. He's telling me to do this. I must do it, right? Then to hear Brother Jeff and right? He says all kind of stuff. It's a lot easier to listen to God and do that, right? But sometimes it's hard for us just to listen to another man, right? That's the part that we have to submit ourselves unto Him. I'm a grown man, right? I have my family. I've been all through whatever in my life. Uh, I can pray myself, and I can get prayers through, and I don't have to listen to nobody else, right? But before I bought my boat, I called Brother Jeff. Brother Jeff, I told him all the reasons why I wanted this boat. What do you think about me buying a boat? I want to take my family out. I think it'll be fun for us. It's entertainment that we don't have to go off and do other entertainment. We spend time together and all this. And it's been great. Um, so I asked Brother Jeff, what do you think about that? Um, and obviously he said that it was a good idea. And we talked about it. But if he would have said no boat, Todd Belcher wouldn't have bought a boat. I wouldn't have got it. I wouldn't have thought, uh, okay, let me look over here. Oh, no, there's no boat over there. I mean, let me look this way. No, no boat. I wouldn't have tried to go around what he said to get the boat, right? If he said don't get no boat, I'm not getting a boat, right? Because I know that it's important uh, because where, I, where I'm at now in my life, you know, I owe it all to God, but also to my pastor and his wife for the polishing. I appreciate the polishing. I need the polishing. I need more polishing. We all could use some more polishing. Um, but like I said, I'm a grown man. I can make my own decisions, right? But we have to be to submitted under our pastor. So if he says no boat, there's no boat. If Brother Jeff says it to me, I count it just as good as what the Lord says, right? Because he is the pastor of this church. He prays, right? He hears from God. And I trust that, right? I obey that. I have confidence in that. I believe that. Right? That's part of that obey. That's what that word means. So if he says it, I'm taking it. And I'm running with it. He's going to be accountable for it. Right? If he's wrong, if he's messed up. But I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to obey that. And I'm going to do it. There are some things in our life we may hate it. There are some things that we go through. We may hate it. There are maybe some things that he might ask you to do. You may hate it. Right? But there's some things that you have no opinion over. You have no say-so over. You do it because he says to do it. Because we're being obedient as the Word of God tells us to do, right? How hard is that for a man to do? If he told me, Brother Todd, I, I, I don't think it's a good idea you get a boat. You're going to be gone on Wednesdays. You're going to be out in that boat. You're gonna, it's going to take you away from God, right? You're going to get too, you're going to get overly addicted to it. I know how you are, right? It's not 
a good idea, right? I have to be obedient enough and a man enough to say, you're right, I'm not getting that boat, right? And I have to be obedient to my pastor. Even though I pray for the boat, right? We have to be obedient to our pastor. Um, I was sitting in, uh, sitting in my chair. It was, it was late. I was trying to study. Uh, it was probably 1130, 12 o'clock at night. And we messed up and gave Noah his cough medicine way too early. So he slept for like four hours. And he got up about bedtime. So I wasn't going to you know, make him go in there. He's been sleeping. And he was just sitting there in a chair eating a Kit Kat with his cute little face. <laughs> Sleepy little eyes eating a Kit Kat. And I'm just sitting there looking at him. I was just thinking, man, I, re- I love that little guy. Like, yes. he has to make it to heaven. Right. It's like, yeah. I couldn't imagine him not being to heaven. He's, that one has to make it to heaven. I started yes. thinking about all my other boys. And I was just saying, you know, I was praying in my chair asking God, help me to do whatever it takes to make sure these boys and my wife goes to heaven. It's like I can't imagine making it there. And that is my plan. And one of them not being there. So I, just, I was just sitting there praying, God, whatever I have to do, just help me to make sure them boys make it to heaven. And I think that is the heart, what Brother Jeff has, right? That is the heart of a pastor. He's praised, right? You don't think he prays? Whatever it takes, God, help me. Whatever it is to make sure every single congregational member in my church makes it to heaven. He feels that. I'm sure. I haven't asked him, but I'm sure, right? That's his job. He watches after your very soul. In uh, Ephesians 6 and 1, it says, do you listen, children? It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And Ephesians 5 and 22, wives, listen. It says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. Fathers, husband, men, you're the head of that house. You know what that means? You're responsible for the souls of the people in that house. That is on you. You will give an account for the people that is in your house of their souls. Are you doing everything possible right, to make sure the wife, the kids, all of them make it to heaven. Do you have that heart to where you say, this is, this is my life. I have, this, this is it. I have to do it. whatever it is, whatever it takes, I have to make sure my wife and my kids make it to heaven because I can't imagine going to a place and they're not there. That is how we have to be. And you will be held accountable right, for their souls. You will give an account for their souls. Uh, and uh, wives, children, right? How, how will it be when daddy's given account for your soul? Have you made it easy on him? Have you made it grievous on him to give an account for your soul? Right? Because he's the one watching over it. So is he going to be able to give an account with joy? I can tell you right now, I'll be joyous when I give an account for my wife's soul. Right? She's perfect and amazing to me. None better, right? I can say nothing bad when I give that account. As a matter of fact, I'm going to love to give that account. The boys... I'm half and half right now, but I'm just joking. But, I, but will, how will it be, right, when it's your turn, husbands, fathers, to give the account for the souls that you're responsible for, right? That's going to be on you. You will be held accountable for them. Um, church, make it easy for Brother Jeff to give an account for your soul. Make it easy for him to be joyous, right? When he tells his experience of pastoring over you to God. Make it easy on him, right? I want you to think, am I making it easy on him? Or am I just roughing him up, right? He ain't got no hair. So, long before we got here. 
Make it easy on Him, right? To give an account for your soul by being obedient. If you'll be obedient to what He says, if He's wrong, He's going to be accountable, right? But you'll have done right. You'll have listened to the Word of God. You will have obeyed the Word of God. That'll be on you. That part will be on you. His part will be on Him. He's going to be held accountable for it. We must obey and we must listen. We must make it easy on, on them right, to give that account. Rulers, right? If you're a ruler, all of you, rulers, whoever's a ruler, rulers, leaders, fathers, husbands, are you doing everything possible to watch after those souls that you have been put over in rule of? Are you doing everything possible because you will be held accountable? That's scary because they're not just your wives, they're not just your children, but they are an eternal, everlasting soul that will live on somewhere when this world's gone. They will be somewhere and it takes absolute submission on all the cords. On every single one of us. We all have to submit somewhere and to someone. We all have to do this word, this obey to somewhere and to someone. And if we'll all do that to the person that we're accountable to, it'll be on them if they mess up. They'll be held accountable. But you'll have obeyed God. It takes humility to do that. It takes humility, like I said, for a grown man who does his own thing, who's got his kids, to say, hey, bro, Jeff, what do you think about me getting a boat? And if he says, no, I don't get the boat. That takes humility to do that and not say, well, I'm going to get the boat anyway. Right? Humility. I know that God has done absolutely everything possible to help us to make it to heaven. He's done His part. He's done it all. Jesus, right? He has done everything possible to help us to get to heaven. He's done it all. Both of them, right? The Father, Jesus. He's done, they've done everything that they can do to help us to get to heaven. Um, his death on the cross proves that. But even in the garden, we can read, we know that Jesus prayed, right? In agony. As His sweat were as great drops of blood. He prayed in agony. Father, if Thou would be willing, remove this cup from Me. But nevertheless, not as My will, but Thy will be done. Right? Fully submitted even unto death. That is how we must be to God. And that is how we must be to the rulers over us. Children, if it's your father's wife, if it's your husband, and everybody else, if it's your pastor, we have to be fully submitted unto death. Are you fully submitted unto God and unto your husbands, unto your father, unto your pastor, right? That is submitment without compromise, right? You're fully submitted and there's no compromising it. Whatever he says, whatever the Lord says, whatever daddy says, whatever husband says, whatever his name is, right? That is what goes unto the Lord. Revelations, um, oh, I'll skip some. Fully submit to God, submit without compromise. But it is really only important if you want to go to heaven. Other than that, it's really not that important. If you plan to make heaven your home, it's pretty important. So if not, this is not for you. Going to heaven. <laughs> I want to go to heaven. I don't have a dream not too long ago. I want to be there. I've been reading about heaven. I want to be in heaven. I want to go there. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. We're going to talk about heaven a little bit. I want to go to heaven. Do you want to go to heaven? Don't you want to be in heaven? I want to be in heaven. Revelation 21 and 4 says, And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, 
neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That already sounds great, right? No more fibromyalgia. It's gone. No more cancer. No more colitis or whatever that stuff's called, right? No more uh, allergies. No more COVID. It's all gone. Passed away. No more death. No more pain. Gone, right? That's already good enough for me. Already. No more headaches. The gates, right? The, the Bible says it's gates made of pearl. Come on now, pearl. One solid pearl. Pearl gates. Streets of pure gold, translucent of the glass. I don't even know what that means, but I want to walk on them. A foundation of water, right? The, the water of life that you can drink freely upon the tree of life. We're talking about heaven. We're talking about being in heaven. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, right? You want to inherit something in life? Just overcome and you'll inherit all things, right? Heirs and join heirs with Christ. What's His will be yours. That's amazing. That's a promise unto us. He says, I shall be your God. You shall be my son. <laughs> Revelations. Let me flip to here. Man, when I started reading this, reading this, I almost flew out my chair. Revelation 7. Starting in verse 9. And after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds of people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, and they fell they fell before the throne on their faces and they worshiped God saying amen blessings and glory wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto God forever and ever amen and one of the elders answered saying unto me what are we which are what are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence cameth they? And I said unto them, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulations and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. <laughs> they shall hunger no more neither thirst anymore, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them. He's going to feed you. Shall feed them. Shall water them. <laughs> How amazing is that? He's going to feed you. He's going to do it. And shall lead them unto the fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all of the tears from their eyes. I want to go to a place like that. I want to be there. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure. Hid in a field, right? And when he finds it, he goes with joy and he sells everything he's got. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. He sells it all. So he can go and buy that field with the treasure in it. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Have you sold out completely like that? All of it. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man sinking goodly pearls. And when he finds that goodly pearl, that one pearl of great price, he goes and he sells everything he has to get the pearl. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Have you completely sold out completely unto him like that? I know, right? 
I, I don't know. I would speculate that not everybody in here lives a perfect, sinless life. I would speculate that. I would think there would be somebody in here that needs to give something up. Somebody in here that has, has, has messed up recently and they need to get right with God. I would, I would speculate that. Me and Jamie were talking um, the other day and we were talking about, just think about this, what we were thinking about. Think about when, when it's all said and done. The Lord's came back and you're in heaven, right? Everybody's there in heaven. And there's a great feast. A great celebration to be had. Can you imagine and picture what that's going to be like? To be in heaven with, with, with all that greatness, with, with the pearls and the, and the gates and the robes and the, the transparent glass and no pain, no sorrow, joy, happiness, all of this, and to be with Jesus and He's going to feed you? Can you imagine what that celebration is going to be like? And then we said, so what about when the celebration's over? Well, then it's just begun. I want to go to heaven. I want to be there. Man, I want to go there and be in heaven. That dream I had. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk more about the dream I had because I left some parts out. But I remember in that dream, it was so completely and ridiculously amazing that I can't even describe the feelings that I had. But I do remember, um, I, just, I just popped in, I died, and I, just, I popped into the dream, and there's the streets of gold, and I'm just sitting here like, amazing and great. It had to be of God because it was just too great. And all good gifts are from Him. So I'm giving it to Him. But there were some things in there that were, were, were threw me for a loop until I prayed for it. But I remember going to this warehouse. This warehouse was the biggest thing you could ever imagine. It was so huge. And I was just walking in there and everybody was just like, <laughs> like I don't know what to do. And there's stuff everywhere. Anything you wanted, you could just have it. It was all free. Imagine anything you could possibly want was there and it was all free. But everybody was just like out of their minds with happiness and joy. And it was, man, I want to go back to that dream. I really want to go to that heaven because it's going to be even greater. And, and I know this probably ain't there, but it, 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 was, it was in the dream for me. I'm looking for guns. So I not like a gun or two. And I go to this aisle and it's just guns as far as you can see. And I say, man. And an angel standing beside me. And I'm like, whoo! He's looking. And she's like, wow. And then she storms off. Got to go tell Bobby Lynn. Like she went to go find her. That to me blew my mind. That was amazing as well. I turned the corner and I'm still don't know what's going on. And I know I'm in heaven. I'm looking for people and I see one of my old friends. Never would expect for him to be there. And he's just, he's just doing the same thing. Walking around like, and uh, I say, hey. And we give each other a hug. I'm like, man, I'm so glad you made it. I was like, where's your wife? And he's like, mm, she ain't make it. She ain't make it. And then so I darted off that way and started going up there looking for more crazy stuff. And um, I ran into uh, a woman. Anytime in this whole dream that you wanted to see Jesus, all you had to do was look to your left. And Jesus was there. I don't know if that's real. I don't know if that's biblical. 
But if you wanted to see him, if you turned, he was there. Anything you needed. God to feed you. I don't know, but it was amazing. It was great. And I walked to this woman, and this woman was smoking cigarettes. So this is like different stages of this dream. And I'm thinking, she's smoking. I'm th- I said, I said, ma'am, you, you got to stop. Like, you have to stop doing that. You can't, you won't make it in here if you're doing that. But she was already there. It's kind of like the feast and the, the person was there and he wasn't supposed to be there. And, and so I was just like, maybe that's what this is. So I was like, you, I'm telling you, lady, you have got to stop doing that. Like right now, you can't come in here like that. And she's like, oh, no. I, I know the Lord, like, I'm coming in, like, this is going to be good, this is going to be great. And I'm thinking, ma'am, no, like, you have to stop, you have to put it out, you have to stop doing it right now. Yeah. And she's like, I'm telling you, I, I, I've been to church and all this type of stuff. And I'm thinking, no, like, stop, stop right now. And I turn and look, and there's Jesus, and he's got his head bowed, and he's just shaking his head. And she went into outer darkness. She was gone from that place. I ran into um, Bridget's mother. Bridget's mother was there. And there was one particular thing, I'm not calling it out, that's hard for her to stop doing. And I, I was telling her the same thing. I said, listen, you can't do that here. Like, you've got, you've got to make it. You can't do that here. Stop it. Like, I'm trying to be secretive. Don't let him see you doing it. you got to stop. <laughs> and she said, I know. She said, I know I can't. I know. But I can't stop. And Jesus stepped out. And I said, Jesus can take care of this for you. Jesus can do this for you. And she was willing and open. And Jesus touched her. And those chains were gone. Boom! Just like that. And I'm telling you, like a rocket, she shot out of there and was worshiping God. Was shouting. Was speaking in tongues, I guess. And it was just so unbelievably amazing. She was rolling on the floor, laughing like a little child. Just so unbelievably happy. Just so happy. Just rolling and and shouting, right? And doing. And and I remember just everybody in heaven was doing this. We were worshiping God. That's all we knew to do. It's like, I don't know what else to do right now, but just worship God. But just to get in and love Him. And it's just so amazing. And, 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 that, and then you know, I, I saw this, this, this dark, evil, n- terrible place. I didn't see much of it at all. I just knew where it was. And I knew that that woman went there, right? And that was all I saw of that. But everything else was just so unbelievably amazing. So great that in that dream, like if I could have just stayed in that dream, I would have been happy. Like it was that great. I would have I I sold out everything, just like that treasure, just to go back to the dream. Now think about how great heaven's going to be. That was just a dream, right? We can't with our eyes and with our minds, even when John is describing heaven, right? That's just his words. He can't describe how great it's actually going to be, right? He's just, I don't even, transparent glass, I don't even know what that is, right? Try to look it up. I don't know what it is, right? But I think that's just what John was seeing, and he had no idea else how to describe this because he was using his word. It's going to be so great. It's going to be so amazing. Um, Jesus says, uh, let not your hearts be troubled, right? Believe in God. Believe in me also. In my Father's house are many mansions. The mansions are going to be there, right? If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. 
that where I am, ye may be also, right? Where I go, you know, and the way, you know. We don't have to be a doubting Thomas. We know that Jesus Christ is the way unto heaven. He is the way, the truth, the life. No man goes unto the Father but by Him. No man goes to heaven but by Him. No man goes to Jesus, right? But by Him. It's Jesus. It's all Jesus. And it's always been Jesus. And it's always going to be Jesus. That's why we do these things. And I can hardly believe. I can hardly I accept it. I accept it. But I can hardly believe that Jesus has a place like that prepared for somebody like me. For somebody like who I was. I can't believe that I'm going to be allowed to go to that place and have those feelings and those feelings of joy and just woo all the time. Like here on earth, I don't think we can handle being that way all the time, right? But when we get there, there's going to be, you're not going to be tired anymore. There's not going to be any more nighttime, right? It's just going to be so completely amazing. I wish I could describe more in detail about this dream, but I can't even get it out in words. It was just so great. The price of heaven, right, was, was, was the, the, the price to heaven was the death of Jesus. And we know that we cannot get to heaven, right, with any sin in our life. So if being obedient right to our pastor, if being obedient to your husband, if being obedient to your daddy, right, is following the commandments of God and you're not doing that, that is sin. And you cannot go to that great wonderful place in heaven with that sin in your heart. Disobeying brother Jeff will cause you to miss out on heaven. Is what this verse says. It's, we can't do it. It's going to be too great. It's going to be too amazing, right? We're supposed to, and when we get there, like the amount of worship that was going on was just something that we just fall so completely. I'm, I'm about done if you want to get on that piano. The, the amount of worship that was going on was just so incredible. Like sometimes, I know I, I can't stand dead dry services. And I always try to even, you know, I've got to praise God. I've got to lift up His name. I've got to lift my hands. I've got to do something in every single service to worship Him, right? And not just in the church service, but in our everyday lives. We shouldn't just be shouting for joy on Wednesday night and Sundays, right? We shouldn't just be calling upon His name on those days. You should live a life, right, of worshiping God. When you wake up in the morning, what's wrong with shouting? Thank you, Lord. Like, praise God. Hallelujah, right? We should be living a life of continual worship. And after I saw that dream, I realized just how completely short we come up. Bro, Jackie said it before. We fall short, bro, Jackie. We fall short, short compared to how we were worshiping in that dream. I don't even know if it's physically possible for some of you to worship like you were doing in that dream. You might not make it. You might not be able to do it. But I, I know, I, I hear... We talk about worship a lot, right? We say, okay, what if everybody in the church worshiped like you? What kind of church service do we have? What if, what if the, the, the people watching you are learning how to worship and the only person they're watching is you and you're teaching my kids how to worship? Uh, if somebody, if you, was to write your, if you was to write a list of five people in the church who never cease, they come in this door and they worship God. If you was to write a, a, a list, this person does that, this person does that, this person does that, would you put your very own name on it? Right? We've got to get into worshiping God. Because just think about everything that He's done for us, everything that He's brought us through, and what He's prepared for us when we leave this world, which could be soon. We don't know. It could be any time, right? And then we're going to be there. We're going to be standing face to face with God. And then when the celebration's over, right, and, and we get to live in a place like that, just in that dream, we get to live there. I was a drug addict. He's going to let me live there. I did terrible bad things. We all did. But He's got a place prepared for us in heaven. The worst, saddest, most 
blasphemous, disrespectful excuse to not worship God is I just don't feel like it. That saddens my soul when people say, you know what, I just don't feel like it. I ain't in it. I don't want to. I don't feel the presence of God. Who cares? My goodness. Worship God. Let's stand. Don't you want to go to a place like that? I want to go to heaven. I want to be there, right? If it, woo! If it takes me, right, to just to be obedient for the rest of my life, Brother Jeff, I'm going to heaven because of that. I'm not going to let that stop me from not going, right? We get in these bad moves sometimes. We get depressed sometimes. I know it's part of this sinful world. I'm not letting that stop me from going to that place that He's prepared for us. I got a mansion up there. You got a mansion up there. It's for you. It's being prepared just for you, Ricky. You got a mansion up there and it's prepared just for you. Especially for you. Right? You're going to get to go up there. You're going to get to be excited. You're going to get to run around and look at all this great stuff. Jesus is going to be there on the throne. Right? You can fall down on your face at any time you want to and worship Him. Right? Woo! I can't imagine how great heaven's really, really going to be. My question to you is, do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to be there, right? When all of it's said and done, do you want to be at that great festival? I don't know what it's called. It's called a party, a festival, a fiesta, whatever the name for it is. It's going to be amazing. You don't want to miss out on this for nothing in this world, right? For no bad moves, for no bad attitude. You don't want to miss out on that for anything to do with this world. So let's, let's pray before we come to this altar. Dear Lord Jesus, we love You, Lord. Woo! We thank You, Jesus, for all You've done for us, God. We thank You for Your love, for Your grace and Your mercy, God. We thank You for the blood that You shed for us. We thank You, God, just for the opportunity, Lord, that we may be able to come to worship You, God. That we are allowed to come to worship You, Jesus. We thank You for that great mansion that You've prepared for us, God. We thank You, God, that there's going to be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more death, no more disease. God, we thank You, Lord. You're going to wipe those tears away with Your very hand. God, we thank You, Lord. We love You, Jesus. God, help us today. Help us in this service, God, to make a point to say nothing at all in this life is going to stop me from getting to that place called heaven. It's going to stop me from being with Jesus for all of eternity. Eternal joy, eternal peace, eternal happiness like we can't even understand, God. Help us here today, Lord, in this service. If we need to get right, God, just to make it right. There's nothing worth not making it right, God. If there's something that we've said to somebody, just make it right, Lord. If there's a sin we've done and it needs to be right, God, give us the strength. Give us the courage, God, to make it right. We don't want to miss out on heaven, Lord Jesus. God, if it's obedience we struggle with, Lord, give us that heart of obedience, right, towards the people in our lives, towards our fathers, towards our husbands, towards our, our, our wives, towards, towards our pastor, towards God. Give us what we need, God, to make it all the way to that glorious place called heaven. If you will, if you need to pray, please, Come pray. If there's, if there's something that, that you need to work on, God can help you with it. He's already made the way. He's already made the way. If you need that touch, right? God can touch you. He's already made the way. Come to these altars if you need to pray. But if you just want to come, 
and worship God. I think you'd be okay with that too. Just come up to these altars and worship God. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Don't let the devil tell you all you look foolish. Don't let the devil tell you well everybody else is looking at you. Don't let the devil tell you these things, right? Don't let him give him a black eye by coming up to these altars and praying and worshiping God. You need to be saved? Come get saved. You need to be sanctified? Come get sanctified. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost? It's for you, right? It's for you. It's for your children. It's for all who are far off. Come get filled with the Holy Ghost. If you need to be refilled, the refilling is here for you in these altars. That's what we're here for. We're not here to come and listen to the service and say, oh, that was great, and turn around and leave and remain unchanged, right? We can be changed differently in every single service, right? Every time you get a refilling, if you've never had a refilling, you're going to feel different. Every time there's another step of sanctification and you're obedient and you listen, you're going to feel different. And sure enough, when you get no doubt saved, you're going to feel and be different. So everybody, let's come to these altars. Let's get in and let's worship God for no other reason for just Him being as great as He is for what He's done for us in this life. Stay with me.